Oh, hello, and welcome to the Community Experience Podcast. We are so glad you're here. If you're one of our regulars, you're probably wondering why we haven't published in a while. We actually chose to sunset the show in early 2023, but the feed will stay active because so many of the episodes are timeless. If you want to learn more and search our back catalog, you can visit smartpassiveincome.com slash cxpodcast, all one word. Hey, we have an amazing event coming up, the Expert Advantage Workshop Series, where every day for a week, starting on Monday, May 20th, it's myself and another expert coming on to present to you about various kinds of things to help you with your brand and your business. Our brand new experts in residence and pro are gonna be there to co-host these workshops with me, and you're not gonna wanna miss it. You'll have a chance to ask all of them questions, and it's completely free to join. All you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. On Monday, May 20th, Amy Nelson's gonna come on, and we're gonna talk social media, but specifically how to drive revenue and connect with important stakeholders that matter to you in your business using social media. The next day, we have Noshin Chen, and she's gonna lead a presentation about how to become a better communicator, how to increase those skills faster, because that's gonna help you not just connect with new people, new clients, but also get your idea across better ton of takeaways in that presentation. And all you have to do to sign up and join and get all the links that you need is smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Again, one more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Join us on our Expert Advantage workshop series. You're not gonna wanna miss it. Again, smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. I am experienced on the technical side, but I have a lot of trepidation on the community side of creating a course the sort of unknowns around what will the community element around this be definitely have slowed me down a bit of just fear, if I'm honest, like just true fear about like, how do I keep this from taking over the small amount of like business time that I have available to myself? Well, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Community Experience Podcast. You probably know me, but if not, hello, I'm Jillian and I host this show. Today, I'm talking to my colleague, Mindy Peters. She is our Senior Solutions Manager at SPI, and we are talking about a couple things. You get two women with ADD or ADHD in a room together and watch out. But the main point of this episode is we're talking about the considerations you should have when you're creating something, when you're going to launch something, be that a community, a course, a business and thinking about how things will continue. So we often get very excited and we launch something and we promise the world only to realize that was a mistake and now we're in a situation. (laughs) We've all done it in some capacity. So Mindy and I are gonna talk about it, both with a course she has been working on. Um, We get into kind of just the blocks that she's having about that, which have to do with what you offer when you're selling something. And we also talk about a few things we've done at SPI that we would do differently. Lessons learned. So we'll share all of that with you today on this episode. So stay tuned. Welcome to this episode of the Community Experience and buckle in because I got my work friend Mindy Peters here. Mindy is the Senior Solutions Manager at SPI, aka she's the glue that holds everything together. (laughs) 
Mindy, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Why don't you introduce yourself in a way that that makes sense for you? Who are you? What do you do? <laughs> Who am I? It's an existential question. Yes. <laughs> Who am I and what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> I am the solutions manager. And so that means that I manage the sort of platforms that we use. So like the email marketing software, I make sure that that is communicating with like the course management you know, so basically, so like ConvertKit is talking to Teachable, is talking to Circle, like make sure that the data is passing between all of those things. And then if we want to set up a new system, my job is to sort of get in there and figure out how it works and then make sure that whoever's going to use it knows how it works. And so like right now, a big thing that I'm doing is just doing a lot of investigation um, on options for a new tool that, you know, we we would like to use in the new year. So uh, stuff like that. That is what I do. I think the reason that I am here is I also, over the last year, I have been working slowly because I'm doing it on the side on creating my very first course, specifically on automation. So how automations work and to sort of figure out how to make my own course. I've been an active, like, team member in the building of all of SPI's courses, uh, but I've never had to come up with the content on my own. So to sort of learn how to do that, in the beginning of last year, I took our course boot camp at SPI, which we don't offer anymore. It was sort of the predecessor to uh, what we now have is the all access pass. It was sort of the first like V1 of that or whatever. I went through that process with a big group of other SPI community members to sort of learn how to build a course. And now as I am working on this course, I'm really starting to think about what kind of community elements do I want to have in that course? And so I think we just sort of thought that that could make for an interesting discussion for anybody in the audience who is also thinking about creating a course and wondering how community fits into that. Or I guess from the flip side, how do courses fit into community? Mindy, you could just be the host of this show. You took like all my questions and points and Uh wrapped them into a perfect paragraph. So we're good. No, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) See you next time. So that was the episode. Precisely. Precisely. Um, you know, watching Mindy go through our what's called heroic online courses at the time, a live bootcamp, which was a cohort based course, very, very in person online, well, online in person, but very like live event intensive, which is why we've switched to a different style, which I think we've talked about before on here. So we don't need to get into But then also just seeing someone, you know, go through that process of not, you know, granted works, works at SPI and has like literally built the foundations of all of our existing courses and whatnot, but then actually come up with course material and flow and just all of that. And then now kind of in that, the steps of how do I want to deliver it? I thought that was super fascinating. So I wanted to get Mindy on here and and ask your questions. And it might it might be worth mentioning that unlike sort of the rest of the team at SPI, I am a little you might say like community hesitant where I I am very much a behind the scenes sort of person in that I am kind of happiest when I am working with a small group of people on a project 
Um, I have sort of as as a person in the world, I have kind of a smallish group of friends. I like to keep my world a little smaller. And I have been parts of online communities before, but always very loosely. So I am constantly saying to the CX team, like, they impress the heck out of me watching them sort of manage, you know, a big group of people, which at times can get kind of squirrely. To me, that feels very overwhelming. So now that I am sort of on the side of starting to think about my course and wondering, how do I put a community element in here without getting completely overwhelmed by that? Or also, I mean, a big part of this is a big part of why this is hard for me is like boundaries are a little hard for me in terms of I'm very bad at saying no. And Jillian, Jillian tries to teach me how to say no to the extent of even just periodically asking me ridiculous questions in Slack just to make sure that I will say no to them. (laughs) You've caught on now. That I'm messing with you. The first few, you're like, well, uh, <laughs> I, I, I could maybe make that happen. I could, I could fly to Colorado and organize your closet, I guess. <laughs> so I'm experienced on the technical side, but I, I have a lot of trepidation on the community side of creating a course. And so this is an interesting process for me. And I think very honestly, part of why I've taken quite a bit of time on it. I've, I'm, I'm working on it at most one day a week. And so, you know, it is a very slow process for me, but I think also to the unknowns around what will the community element around this be definitely have slowed me down a bit of just fear. If I'm honest, like just true fear about like, how do I keep this from taking over the small amount of like business time that I have available to myself? Yeah. So, and it's so relevant because I think this is one, it's great that, well, one to get into the psychology, but right. Like understanding that that's your block too, because this is where I shine and I help (laughs) as best I can. You know, there are very few things I'm good at, but this we can talk through, but also just, I think it's funny because I think community builders. So as courses and communities are kind of coming together in a, a really nice way, I do see this becoming more of the norm, the next evolution or iteration of courses like the, okay, you purchase a course, you have lifetime access, but you're solo on that journey. That seems to be going away. And what's happening is these, you know, this concept of community powered courses. And so there's this bridge of people who know how to do things and can, and share that knowledge. And then people who know how to run community and we come together in harmony, right? Or we need to, you know, we all have our Achilles heel. And how do you overcome that to have something successful? And I just want to caveat that it's so funny because, you know, I hear from Mindy a lot, like you are very apprehensive about community stuff. And I get that. And a lot of it is about like not having an answer or, you know, letting someone down in some way, which track, if you, if you know Mindy, you know, like she cares deeply, like, and like Midwestern, you know, Midwestern politeness and like, I want to be helpful, but it's hilarious because her events are always the most popular in our community and no one is going to be upset if you're like, I have no idea, you know, Um, but it's just that like mental, it's kind of funny, Uh, the irony there. That is very much it. Yeah. I'm very afraid of somebody asking. Also, I don't think on my feet terribly well. I sometimes can come up with a like, 
mediocre answer on the spot but then if i think about it for an hour then i come up with like a really good answer but then the event has ended and i'm like well darn it like how do i how do i get that back to that person and maybe this is sort of a better so what i've been trying to think about for this course there's a couple of different things because so i'm coming from the spi sort of land of far more resources, right? Um, where we can just very easily say like, you will have forever access to this product because SPI is going to be here, you know, 10 years from now. Whereas if I'm thinking about this from like, this is a thing that I'm doing on the side, I have come and gone from freelancing before. I came into the SPI world as a freelancer 10 years ago, you know, but then eventually we, we sort of decided to form a, you know, a company with employees and then I stopped freelancing. So me telling somebody you're going to have forever access to this product, does that mean I'm paying for say like a platform like Teachable for the rest of my life, but I'm not making more content. So then it just eventually drains all of the money that I ever had, right? That I ever made off of the product. So that's a question. Um, another question that I'm really trying to think about is, you know, does a live based, like, let's get on and do office hours, you know, as a part of your course, okay, how long is reasonable to offer office hours as a thing before that sort of takes over? Or, you know, do I want to go for more of a like, offline community experience, you know, which is more like the all access pass that we're offering where you have a place to talk, but then that requires moderation. I'm just feeling sort of overwhelmed at the thought of choosing and at the thought of, again, letting people down. So if I build, say, a community like on a circle type platform where people come in and they they are all communicating with each other, if there's not forever new content, that is going to fizzle over time, most likely. Um, so like, I guess where I'm stuck and I'm trying to figure out right now is like, what is my commitment to people? What commitment am I making upfront that I know I can fulfill? And with the knowledge that automations are tricky. Um, so it's not a thing that you can necessarily probably master, say in like a month. It's something that you will probably want to come back to the materials again and again to review just to be sure that you've got it right. So how do, how do you manage that? Um, and then throw on that, that Zapier, um, which is what a good portion of the content is around, not all of it, but a good portion of it is how to use Zapier. They are just building new content, like new tools, like mad right now. I just logged in yesterday and there's an entirely new like alpha testing platform that I'm like, well, cool. And <laughs> shoot, does this right. need to go in the course too? Like now I've got a new thing. I've got to first learn well enough to be able to like, so this is sort of where I feel a little stuck in terms of the community element. So any thoughts you have, I oh my appreciate. Gosh. Yes, I have so many thoughts. Oh, good. Um, oh, good. And like, you know, these are just my opinions. So you do what works for you. <laughs> okay, so going back to the whole like lifetime access, I understand in the late early aughts, like in the 2010 era, that that was 
the way to do things. We should not be doing that anymore. No one should be doing that, in my opinion. And, and for the reasons you just pointed out, also, this, like I think it's become abundantly clear that lifetime access sounded at the time like a great benefit. Like, oh, you can go back. Nobody even does the courses, let alone goes back to them. So it's like this false sense of security. Like it doesn't mean anything. And I'm sure my guess is, because I've thought about this before, if you decide to just end it or whatever, you would just send everyone like the a notice and be like, download these course, you know, course content before it goes away forever. <laughs> right. But even that, it's just like, if you get to that point, like, eh, it's just not, it's not fun. Right. So my opinion is any lifetime access to anything is stupid and, and should be rethunk. <laughs> and that includes communities. Like, and we never, we never, as far as I know, said, when you purchased a course, you got lifetime access to the Facebook communities that at one time were associated with courses or any sort of like you get lifetime access to any sense of community things. I don't know what we said about office hours. So the lifetime access sort of guarantee was always around the content. We always said that then with that, you, I wrote this or not wrote, but I built the sales pages. So yeah, I, you know, <laughs> very familiar with the sales pages, but it, it was just, and you get access to this Facebook group, which then we, we turned into a circle community and it was, and you get access to Pat's weekly office hours, weekly office hours were never promised to go into perpetuity, but Pat's been doing them now for six, seven years. So it's, it has sort of been that, but it was never promised to be that. I think when we first started it, because we weren't sure how that would go, I think it was promised of like one or two months, Oh, but here we are six years later and they're still going. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot safer. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So I, talk to a lot of people who have either community or courses and have made some sort of offer like this that are like, it's not working. I need to roll this back. Um, exam and examples of that include people who have, are kind of playing with the cohort style and in the, you know, selling of a community offering to do with a course or vice versa. They say you get a year access and it includes weekly office hours and all these things. And then no one's coming. And so yeah, then they're like, that's out. my other fear showing up, throwing a party and nobody coming. Right. Or actually, no, that's not it. Showing a party and one person coming, which could be really great. Like that's a great way to like build, build rapport with somebody, but it also feels a little embarrassing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that, um, a lot. Also it ends up being that same person every week and you're like, so I should have just done coaching. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really losing, losing my uh, any profit. Yeah. So I like it, you know, at SPI, we most things are quarterly or annual. And granted, we're like a big company, right? So annual, we can, we can swing an annual commitment, um, because we have the resources. But in your situation, if I was doing something, I would probably just do quarterly commitments so that I could change things as I needed to without it, you know, because you set an expectation, and then I think you can, I can do anything for three months if I have to, if it's a flop. And actually, this is funny. I used to teach this fitness class, like an in-person exercise class. And I sold a punch pass and I gave it a year expiration date and I regretted it for that entire year because it was like, it was a pretty small group 
And because they had a punch pass. Oh, okay. And they came regularly. Yeah. And so like twice a week or once, however I was doing it, I basically had to keep doing this class that I no longer wanted to really do. Also, I injured my hip and like all this stuff. So I was kind of like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, I had to keep doing it. And sometimes like one person would show up. I was like, this was a great idea. Not. (laughs) It's like you get paid that one lump sum up front. And then it's like, you know, you're actually making about a dollar an hour at the end. It's like, well, this this was a lesson. So, yeah, I think like giving quarterly assessments, it increases. Sure, like you can get people to pay for a year and then you get that financial like boost. But then you have to deliver for a year. And is it really worth it? in that situation, I'm not sure it is. And like both with community and um, courses, having some sense of urgency, like the psychological urgency of I have three months versus a year versus lifetime, it does make a difference. You know, it does create more emails and potential charges and that that side of it, right? We see it at SPI with our memberships, the more like when we, we used to do monthly for pro and we sunset that because it was a pain because so many people's cards would change and stuff. We were constantly having to work with people to update cards and things like that. And so like our churn was higher, even though now, you know, a bunch of people that joined annual might all leave the net, you know, and it's, it, it feels bigger, but it's really not. It's a lot less work. Yeah. Interesting. That's my thought on that. I think any course. So in, in all access pass, what we're doing, as you know, we've created these like kind of sprints, these, what we're calling accelerators, which is a much lower lift version of the boot camps, which is what Mindy went through, which is like the cohort based course. So there's a lot less live learning. It's more asynchronous checkpoints, but then there are live opportunities to get together and discuss things as a group. So we do like co-working type. It's kind of like a hybrid of office hours and co-working. And what it turns into is just people show up and talk about the work that they're doing that week and help each other. And so it's, it's kind of like study hall. If you are allowed to talk to your friends at study hall. <laughs> Which would absolutely accomplish the thing that I personally found most useful, which was just accountability. The idea that there's like an assignment due and I need to have my assignment completed on the deadline so that I can move on to the next thing. Then that for me was really, really helpful is just to have, I work very well with deadlines. <laughs> when there's an open-ended thing, then things take me forever. I wonder too, so, and and I think this would be helpful for anyone that's considering offering content or anything that would need more support. Because when I think of automations, I think the way you feel about community is how I feel about automations. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, no, thank you. You know, just to me, it's just like, oh, I'm going to try to do something that's going to take five minutes and it's going to take two days. Cool. Can't wait. So having the course set up as more of that cohort style, and then there's some sort of whether it's, and I'm saying weekly just because that's what we do at SPI, but it doesn't have to be weekly, like some sort of time, a, a scheduled time and place that I can go and say, okay, I did all these things. What did I do wrong or help? And whether it's you directly or it's you and other people or it's just other people that have done it, you know what I mean? Like just being able to have a human being to be like, why isn't this working? Or I got it to do this, but I can't do this. Like you just need that extra touch point of someone's expertise. I think that would be super valuable. So if it was me, I would, I would do cohorts with it also. Cause then you can say my family's going on a road trip for three weeks. So we're not going to have a cohort or any, anything happening. Right. Right. Yeah. Which, 
or whatever it is. Like if you're like, I need a break because I have a full-time job and, and whatnot. And then, you know, I, I increasingly I've seen more and more people where they create, they create the community component for their, for their course. And they give people say a year access to the community, but, and the court, let's say the course takes three months, having a lot of trouble after the course is over engaging those people in the community and to the point where, and I think if you, if you don't have the time to do just having like the ongoing rituals in that community so that people keep coming back, I think it, it, it makes sense to make the community, like the course and community access the same. So much like all access. Okay. When you purchase the course, you're purchasing three months. And again, I'm just using quarterly because it's easy. You're, you're getting three months of access to this course and you can go through it and there's a cohort and whatnot. And you're getting three months access to the community. And if you want longer, then you have to buy another quarter. And you can always, that keeps you from making a commitment that's hard to keep going because the flip side is like, if it's all going really well for this group of people and they just want to keep talking, you can just extend their access to that and just not kick them out, you know, and they could keep talking to each other if they wanted to, or you can turn that into an add-on product or something. That's something I was talking, I think I was talking to Diane about in pro was having like an alumni area. Yeah. So like there's the higher price, go through the course, have access to the community. And then when you're done with the course and you're good, you could downgrade to like just the community piece. So I think that's a model too. But again, I think you don't want to overcomplicate it before you need to. It would make sense to get a cohort through and see like what they want. So something we noticed, and I think you experienced in our boot camps, was we didn't think about what happens when the boot camp was over. So we had these spaces in our academy. So it's a circle community where all currently all access pass our learner community, and then all our course related spaces. So those course communities, it all lives there in this way that's not worth explaining because it it only makes sense if you're in there and you see it and you're like, oh, okay, I got it. So that's also where we had our boot camps and there were these private spaces. And what we didn't think about was, okay, the boot camp has ended. What do we do with all these spaces? And we'd never said this will go away. And we never said this will stay. But one thing that happened was we had mastermind groups or like study groups in these boot camps that wanted to keep going. And so we were kind of like, Ooh, well, I guess we should just keep all of these spaces. And you have to keep in mind in the boot camps, we had so many spaces in a boot camp. There was like, here's the space for, you know, week one, week two, like it was a little excessive. And then you run into the technical problem that I hit, which is yes. you want to use the same name for each iteration of the boot camp, But then if you have to go to a list to try to pick the right one off a list, oh my gosh, everything has the same name. Yeah. It's like mastermind. It's like, which, which one there's. 12. So I'm constantly like sending you a message saying, I'm going to add an exclamation mark to the end of this group name just <laughs> for the next 20 minutes yeah, so that I can pick it off a list and then I'll take it away. That's funny. Cause you know, I went in and put asterisks next to everything <laughs> and I just left. Exactly. Them. I put asterisks so that when I'm looking, I don't. And then I honestly, I, I mean, well, and it's still, it's still a problem I'm kind of grappling with. Cause I'm like, okay, this one group, the first power up podcasting bootcamp, like no one's in there that I can tell, like nothing has been posted for two years in anything, but we never said like, you'll lose access. So I'm like, 
yeah, do I make a post and say, hey, this is, and you can't archive. So I'm like, I'm going to delete all this by like, it's, it's this whole, so learn from us, everyone think ahead on how things end. <laughs> and I do, I do know that from the cohort I went through last year, there, there is a small group that's still meeting weekly because I see those posts pop up of every week they're meeting um, for a mastermind. Yeah. It's an interesting puzzle. I'm tempted to post in all of them and say like exactly what I just said. Like we didn't think this through. So what we're going to do is move all the mastermind groups to one space group and have like a, like a bootcamp alumni thing. And so you'll still have this space, but we're going to get rid of all the other stuff, especially like the, here's the calendar, that kind of stuff. And I would assume everyone will be fine with that. I can't imagine anybody's digging through old posts to find some tip someone posted two years ago. But again, because we didn't think it through, we didn't promise it, but we also didn't not promise it. So it's just one of those messy things that I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people I talk to right now are in a different pickle, but in the same jar, you know, it's like this, oh, I didn't think about that, you know. In the end, we've consistently done well with just being really honest when we have to deal with those things of saying like, totally, here's the problem. Here's what our solution is going to be. Either you've got this amount of time to give us commentary on that, or it's happening. Sorry. But for the most part, when we explain why we're doing something, it's well received. Well, and that's a very common community tactic, Mindy. It's like you're a pro community manager. Look at you. Is, you know, transparency and and just, and a heads up, right? You just say like, here's the situation. Here's what we're going to do. Whether or not you want comment or not, that's, you can add, you know, insert here on posts. Like we're looking for feedback or we are doing this and ask questions, you know, and then just giving people the, we did that with the Facebook groups and said, you know, put a post in and pinned it and said, Hey, this group is being moved off of Facebook and it's going here. If you would like to join, here's how you do it. You have until this day and then we're closing this group. So if there's any contact info from other members, et cetera, that you want to get before we close it, please do. Um, we ended up, we ended up just kind of archiving those groups. So if you were in it, you can still go in there and you'll see now a, the final pinned post that's like this group is no longer active. You need to join the Academy. Here's how you do it. Right. But it's funny because every once in a while I get, we get an email in the help inbox. That's like, what happened to the Facebook group? You know, like, where is it? I tried to go in and it's shut down. It's like, yep. If you saw it, you saw the post that told you what to do, you know? So we just either help them get into circle or they, you know, I think we mentioned there's a gazillion groups on Facebook you can join if if you want to stay on Facebook, but we're out. We actually had this experience with our very, very first sort of community group at SPI. I'm trying to, re I'm just thinking back to the year, I think 2014 is when we closed it. It was called Breakthrough Blogging. It was a community that it was a, a mix of a bunch of lessons. So it was lessons on blogging, video lessons on blogging. And then it was, and it was in like a forum, a community forum really? space on a separate WordPress installation. That makes sense. It was sold through a sale that I don't think exists anymore called Only 72. It was sort of a bundle of a bunch of different creators would come and they would contribute a thing. And it was only available for 72 hours. You paid a flat rate. It was like $99 or something. And you got all of these different things. 
And this community existed and it was open for about a year. Pat would film new content and we would hold live Google Hangouts. I was trying to remember what was the name of it even. We'd hold live Google Hangouts and I would sort of be the MC and Pat would have a guest on. They'd ask questions and stuff. But the ultimate problem of that community was there was a one influx of members and then there was no opportunity to grow the membership. So obviously attrition happened and it took us a while before we were like, Hey, we should have a, like a place where people could ask each other questions. So already, it, you know, an enthusiastic group had already diminished. Plus half the people who bought the thing, bought the thing to buy it from somebody because they wanted the thing that somebody else contributed. So it was just sort of like a masterclass in what not to do with community, but it was really good for us, you know, to learn about like how sort of like, what are the things you need to keep things going? And ultimately, we did close that down. We made a PDF with like, here's a link to all of the, the videos. And we just sent people, we hosted all the videos on Wistia. And we said, you know, here's a PDF with like all of the content. Thanks for trying this experiment with me. And I believe that Pat even offered people, even though it was like, you know, 18 months after the thing, he's like, if you really want a refund, I will give you a refund. I think we had one person who was like, I need that refund, you know, but it was, it was a, it was a good experience, but it also, to me, I think is part of why I have a little fear in community because I, I was like involved in this thing that just didn't kind of work from the start <laughs> from the community element. It's, yeah, it's so funny. Even just that whole, that whole, like, here's a bundle of like 6 million courses for a dollar. Like that used to be such a thing. And now, even now it's just, no, like no one, no one's going to go through that stuff. They might go through the one, right. That they bought it for. It's a, it's a dated model. It's a tired model. And, and the whole like, oh, you get X hours of content. Like that used to be a selling point. And now it's a drag. Now I'm like, I want to get this done in three hours. It can be lighter on video and more like, I, I want to actually like do work instead of listen to a lecture and then go off on my own for hours. And that's something like in all access, that's something we're working on with the pathways is saying, okay, we're taking existing courses, you know, cause we have them and adding supplemental like worksheets and activities to do while you're going through the course to make it more engaging and more of a, um, a workshop instead of a lecture, if that makes sense. That's some really good advice for me as I'm starting to film things now too, which, you know, I'm trying to keep everything in, you know, very manageable chunks, you know, so short lessons, but even to just think of if I'm planning a, a community element from the jump, I maybe need to film less of it because that will be the content that then happens live. Possibly. I'm going to go through this, this topic and give you some examples, but then know that at this particular time, you know, we will go through many more examples together or we will go through your examples together. Yeah. Is I think good for me to think about. I think too, and something we're running into, you know, at SPI, that is something else to consider for anyone looking into adding courses or, you know, into community is how quickly things get dated. And like, to your point of you logged into Zapier and it's like, 
uh, anyone using Notion right now is like, cool. So they're launching AI. Like how, what? Canva's launching AI? I don't even understand. But, <laughs> you know, it's just all these things. And so when you think about it, if you build this big, big course with long videos and, and whatnot, how are you like thinking about how will I update this? when the tech inevitably changes. And a lot of the, I think the bigger foundational concepts do not, at least when I think like power up podcasting, for example, the actual like bigger picture, what a lot of the video content is, is, is still relevant because that stuff's all about like how to launch a podcast. It's not editing per se. Right. So it's more theoretical and thinking about like, what are your episodes going to, you know, that kind of stuff. That's, that's pretty solid. But then you get to the tutorial on audacity and it's like does anybody use audacity anymore should we have a you know a descript tutorial you know it's those things so thinking about even constructing your course in a way where maybe where maybe there's a library of tutorials and it's not necessarily in the course you know structure per se but it's a supplement and then those are super easy to update right that's something i've been thinking about a lot i've been thinking about that yeah with uh, so in the email marketing course that we have email marketing magic there's something called like the automations bank or something like the abc bank i forget what it's called there's a bank of various email templates that you can use and i've been working on that concept for this automations course in terms of also just because so to use Zapier as the example too, they're the big company and now lots of little companies that are similar, but more niche or similar, but cheaper are springing up where the recipe works. Maybe the step-by-step instructions don't work, but the, the overall recipe works. And so creating this idea of, you know, here's your automation recipe and um, then here's advice for figuring out how to make that fit into the tool that you are using. It's teaching the the person to fish. Right, right. right. It's like, As here's opposed- how you problem solve this. Yeah. Right. So it's very interesting for me. And so uh, the fun part you mentioned for me has been making worksheets and starting to think about those things as well. And I will have some automations worksheets that I can share with people listening if they want to just sort of, even if you're not interested in the automations, but you just want to see like, what does a worksheet that goes with a course look like? I'll have those available for people listening so they could, they could download that and take a look at it. Mindy committed on the air. So now she's got to do I it. I did. Oh, they're, <laughs> they, they have been created. I'm very proud of myself. Oh, yes. yes. No, like that. Look at that stress-free offer. That's great. That's right. That's right. I have very much learned both from the working on the podcast side and then going to the podcast guest a week before the podcast goes up and says, <laughs> you promised this thing was going to be ready. But then also just from me being very much a yes person and over committing myself. I feel that. Don't make promises unless they're ready to go. So yes, I do have those though. If you want to check them out, you can go to um, mindysolves.com slash CX and then you can download those. Oh, Mindy, thank you. (laughs) I feel like we covered a lot of very relevant topics today, just kind of surrounding like the think about it and like the power of an expiration date, both psychologically, which we tapped on a little bit, but there is, there is like proven science behind, you know, it's kind of like sales sense of urgency, like, Oh, you got to buy it by this time to get the deal. But it's also the limited, like limited access is good (laughs) because people will do the thing. They're more likely to do it. I am a bit of a contrarian in that I'm a very 
big fan of like having a product always available because when your person, your audience member is like ready to do the thing, you want to be there to support them and not tell them, oh, you want to start that business? Well, you can get advice from us when we reopen this course in three months. Nobody's just going to sit around and wait three months. You know, they're going to go somewhere else for the advice. And so I am a big fan of having stuff always available, but I have seen time and again that what moves sales are when something's going away or when, you know, a discount is going away or something, then people buy and they buy like 10 minutes before that thing goes away. Oh my gosh. Or they send you an email and say, I missed it (laughs) the next day. Can I get in? (laughs) Um, And so, you know, that, that part is really hard, but I think this is very good for me. I feel a little bit better about the idea of saying, just personally, you know, as somebody who's doing this project on the side, I don't want to commit to forever, but I can commit to three months. I can commit to be available to help people for three months. That sounds exciting to me. That sounds like something that I do want to do. Whereas me sort of guaranteeing that I'm going to be here forever, my life has changed so much, you know, so many times, I know I don't want to do that. And so this You've, you've made me feel better. <laughs> you made me feel better about so the whole easy. project. Yeah. So easy. See, now you can come, uh, now you can come organize my closet because you'll have time. Ha! They'll have time <laughs> because the thing will end and then I can come. Yeah. yeah. No, you're supposed to say, no, I'm not organizing your closet. <laughs> the problem is I like organizing closets. I know. Uh, they're I know. nice, con- but it's because it's a nice contained space and there is an end. Ah, see? As opposed to a garage where... <laughs> My idea of organizing a closet is take everything out and never put it back. Done. <laughs> uh, I hate it. I hate it. Or my problem is take everything out, get overwhelmed and quit when you've just gotten to the messy part. And then it's time to go to bed. Cue husband coming home. Yeah. yeah, there's no room on the bed. And then you come to bed an hour after your husband and he's just moved everything to your side of the bed. Legitimately, yes. Okay. So Mindy, I don't know if you've heard the rapid fire before, but it's, I'm bad at it because what I'm supposed to do is ask you a question. You're supposed to answer it quickly. And then we move on. I have a hard time with that. (laughs) We never do well with that. No, the two of us together is a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, So we will, we will do our best also knowing that we can talk later and I can grill you with follow-up questions. (laughs) Okay. Mindy Peters, when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Ooh, the very first thing I told people I was going to be was a jeweler. And that is because my next door neighbor lady was a jeweler and I thought she was really cool. So I wanted to be a jeweler too. I, I still want to be a jeweler. Right? <laughs> a I one. love sparkly things. Yeah. Mindy, how do you define community? I think community is a group of people coming together for a shared purpose whether it's social or whether it's around some kind of, you know, work or project, or I was, (laughs) I was in marching band in college, you know, and so it was like, that was a big, you know, big community. That is really what sort of defines my sense of community is this big group of different people coming together to achieve a specific thing. Love it. Okay. The next two questions have to do with bucket lists. So Maybe you have a literal one, maybe you don't, but just humor me. What is something on your bucket list that you have done? Oh, that I have done. Something on my bucket list that I have done. Uh, Well, 
Oh, I know a really great thing on my bucket list that I did was I went to Stonehenge on um, the equinox. So if you go to Stonehenge all of the year, except for on a solstice or an equinox, you're basically like back quite a ways from it, like behind a rope. You get to look at it. But if you go on a solstice or an equinox very early in the morning and like uh, I went organized through like a tour group, you can go inside the circle and participate because they, they have it open for druidic worship as well as just, you know, sort of open for people who want to. It was a very cool experience to be with this like crazy mix of people, you know, who were all there for different purposes, but it was very respectful. It was just very, very cool. It was like six o'clock in the morning. It was wonderful. That is such a good tip. That's fantastic. Okay. Flip side. What's something on your bucket list that you have not done yet? Oh, I mean, that was the obvious next question, right? I think something I I would really like to do, you know what? I would like to go to Hudson Bay. I would like to go uh, north into Canada. I would just really like to go to Churchill, Manitoba. It just seems very cool. It's basically straight north from where I live. I live in Minnesota. And, you know, it's a town where it's just like, yeah, uh, polar bears walk down the street and we keep our doors unlocked in case you need to, <laughs> in case you need to seek refuge from a polar bear. It just seems kind of awesome. And I would like to visit. It seems dangerous. It seems dangerous. <laughs> it also, I'm sure, is one of those very small towns where, you know, you sort of make your own fun. But I, I'm very much into that. Yeah. No, that sounds fun. And taking the train there. Ooh, and I'm looking on Google Maps and there's something called the Miss Piggy plane wreck. What is that? I don't know. I, I need to find out. Gotta go and find out. Tragic yet intriguing. Well, okay. I have something to think about now. Mindy Peters, what is a book you love? So maybe going a little far to say love because I'm only about three quarters of the way through it. But as you mentioned, uh, ADHD. Um, I was, di- I'm 42 now. I was diagnosed when I was 36. Um, and I found getting that diagnosis to be incredibly helpful because it, it gives me, it basically helps me recognize what advice in terms of like productivity organization is for me versus what it makes it acceptable to say like, "Mm, this type of advice just does not work for how my brain works. And so I picked up the book, Your Brain is Not Broken by Tamara Roser, PhD, R-O-S-I-E-R is the last name. And I've read a lot of different books, but this one so far has been the most like specifically useful with like very actionable advice for, okay, this is the problem what do you do about it? Like, how do you help yourself in this particular time? And also she really brought up a concept that I hadn't thought about a whole lot, which is she calls it malicious motivation. It's sort of the unhealthy things that you do that help you get motivated to do the thing that you need to do. Like maybe like, you know, negative self-talk or, or things or like getting mad you know, if you get really mad about a situation, then that gives you the fire you need to like get that thing done. And so to sort of make me pay attention to those scenarios in my life where maybe I find myself always complaining about this thing, but 
not realizing that me complaining about that thing, I'm using the complaining to help like propel me over the finish line, you know, and starting to think, okay, what can I do to replace that complaining with something that would be more healthy? And it's been very useful. And I'm, I really like it. I bought it first as an audio book. And then I was like, I need the physical, the physical book. Sometimes you just need the paper. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to add that to my never ending list of books. (laughs) (laughs) related. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So you, you did say you live in Minnesota. I do. Don't know what that accent was. It wasn't Minnesota. If you could live anywhere else, where would that be? Ooh, I think Ireland, Ooh. Uh, a little more temperate, but similar. It's just beautiful. It's just very, very beautiful there. But I generally like places where the weather is like slightly miserable most of the year. I like, <laughs> I, I prefer cold. I hate hot weather, even though it gets quite hot in the summer here. It's for a short period of time. Otherwise, just northward onto Canada, maybe Winnipeg or something like that. I just like it. I like it cold. It just snowed a whole bunch outside and that's great. I love it. Okay. Final question, Mindy. How do you want to be remembered? Oh, you know, I think about that a lot because I have a three-year-old and I sort of wonder about these things like what are the things he's going to remember about mommy when she's gone? I think the thing that I most I most want to be remembered for being game to try anything, you know, and for for making the process of doing work fun. So just sort of being up to give give whatever it is a go, but then also just that, you know, it was we had a good time while we were doing it, whatever that thing was. I love that. Actually enjoy the moments of life. Yeah. What a what a revolutionary way of thinking. <laughs> Cuz it's hard. It's hard it to stay hard. in the moment. I'm very bad at staying present. I am a very much a sort of a future focused person, and so it's hard for me to stay in the moment, but when I can, I have a great time. I love that. Also, I've told my husband that my obituary must include that I built really great blanket forts for cats and toddlers. Cats love blanket forts. If you have a cat, build your cat a blanket fort. They will love it. I don't want to say I'll hold him to it because then that implies that you're going to like pass or <laughs> you know what I mean, but but should it come to that? I also I'm also not worried. I have every confidence that will be there. Well, Mindy, thank you so much for joining me on this fantastic voyage of podcasting. Appreciate it. Hopefully have you back again. We can talk more solutions. But in the meantime, one more time, let people know where where they can find you on the interwebs. Sure. So if you go to mindysolves.com slash CX, I'll have those worksheets uh, for you. What these worksheets are, are just how you would think through building an automation. And yeah, mindysolves.com is probably the best place to find me. And then, and that's also where they can sign up for your email list, right? For when the course has not launched and there is no specific date, but if you're interested, sign up for the, yes. But it's coming. It's coming soon. I'm making good progress. So it's coming soon. We solved all the problems just now. (laughs) You did. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, Awesome. Well, thanks again, Mindy. Thank you. Have a great day. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you on Slack in about 10 seconds. (laughs) Sounds good. 
And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you learned something from our mistakes and our blocks. Maybe you have a block that you can work through, or maybe you just enjoyed two silly gals talking and jibber jabbering about the things we are working on. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, have a great day and we'll see you next Tuesday. Learn more about Mindy at MindySolves.com or SmartPassiveIncome.com. Your lead host for the community experience is me, Jillian Benbow. Our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Our senior producer is David Grabowski. And our editor is Paul Gregoris. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Theme music by David Grabowski. See you next Tuesday.